One of the best known passages from the entire Bible, one that is often used at weddings, is from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. It is known as the Great Hymn of Love. It was written by an early Christian missionary known only to us by the name of Paul. Paul cared deeply for this congregation and was concerned that the divisions that had developed within it would tear the congregation apart. So he appealed to them to use the force of love to find a greater unity and harmony amongst themselves. So this great hymn of love written 2,000 years ago, as relevant today as it was then, a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. In the name of God, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. The poet T.S. Eliot once said, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Those who participate in athletic activities called endurance sports regularly take the risk of going too far. Cross-country skiers like Jesse Diggins are constantly trying to push themselves into a different level of stamina, both physically and mentally. Jesse Diggins just won a bronze medal at the Beijing Olympics, making history as the first United States athlete to medal in an individual sprint in cross-country. According to the author Bill McKibbins, she is renowned for her ability to live inside what endurance athletes call the pain cave. Of all the skills of a Nordic athlete, that's the most important, he says. By many accountings, this is the toughest sport on earth. 
If you're climbing steep hills at top speeds, the aerobic demands are off the charts. Races often end with half the finishers prone on the ground. Free divers, minus all the apparatus we associate with scuba gear, submerge themselves in swimming pools or lakes or oceans to see how long they can hold their breath. Now, holding the breath, especially underwater, can be extremely hard. That makes sense. But not for Croatia's free diver, Budimir Shobat. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, on March the 27th, 2021, Shobat held his breath for, get this, 24 minutes, 37.36 seconds, surpassing the previous record by 34 seconds. There's a man who knows how to go too far. And as there is an Olympics for athletes that focuses mostly on the stamina of the body, so also is there an Olympics that focuses mostly on endurance for the mind. It's called the World Memory Championships. It attracts people like Ben Pridmore. He can memorize the precise order of 1,528 random digits in an hour. He can memorize a shuffled deck of playing cards in 32 seconds. In five minutes, commit to memory what happened on 96 different historical dates. There's a few things for you to try at home during the long winter nights. Endurance is the word that we use to describe that part of the human spirit that makes it possible for us to push beyond our known boundaries into an unknown, unexplored world of new discovery and potential. Throughout the pandemic, People across the world have had to ac access a deep reservoir of stamina in order to survive an infection or to care for others over long hours and days, or how to survive social isolation on a day-to-day -day basis. And human beings have often had to tap that reserve in order to withstand injustice and discrimination. In his book, Wildland, the Rise of America's Fury. Evan, the author Evan Osnos interviewed an African-American woman, Tanisha Barner. She was born in 1978 and has lived in the Parkway Garden neighborhood in Chicago her entire life. This is how she describes her neighborhood. We have no food stores, no pharmacy, no medical facilities. And it's not just a food desert, she said. It's an everything desert. During Black History Month, we honor the lives and efforts and contributions of black Americans who've brought so much richness, so many contributions, so much sacrifice to our country over the centuries. But we recognize that, that, that the lives of black Americans have often had to be characterized by extraordinary endurance. Brooke Lewis, a reporter for the Houston Chronicle points out that the heart of black history is a history of endurance. African-Americans, she says, have endured unimaginable conditions on slave ships as they were forced across the Atlantic Ocean, exploited for their labor. They've endured picking cotton as the sweltering sun hit their backs. They've endured being whipped, lynched, and beaten. They've endured racial slurs, having to drink out of separate water fountains 
and sitting on the back of the bus. She wrote an article once about an African-American family she met in Missouri City that lived on a street named after the first grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, Nathan Bedford Forrest. The family said they used the street as a source of strength. You use situations such as this and take it to a different place, said one family member. Use it to fuel your own motivation and perseverance. That there are people out there who don't want me to succeed simply because of the color of my skin, but despite them and because of them, I will. What a testimony to endurance. In his book, Deeply Woven Roots, Gary Gunderson identifies endurance as one of the gifts that churches have to offer to the communities in which they live. He says this, strong congregations cultivate their strengths over decades in order to build healthy communities. In their plodding way, congregations stay on task and witness to a different cycle of healing. Churches are schools of endurance where we are constantly challenged to work one another and alongside each other towards goals that will benefit not just ourselves, our communities of faith, but the world around us. Thank goodness we've inherited a long tradition of stick-to-itiveness, stamina, and just plain old stubbornness. It's there in the Psalms, a book that lies right at the heart of the Bible. If you read through the entire book of Psalms, over and over again, you'll hear this constant plea of endurance. How long, O oh Lord, must we stand for this kind of injustice that we're facing? On the other hand, there's another kind of refrain that says, we thank you, O oh God, for your steadfast love that endures forever. Every Christmas, we read a section from the book of the prophet Isaiah from the Hebrew Bible. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Over the centuries, how many peoples have walked in darkness for year upon year waiting for that light to come? In the Gospel according to Matthew, there's a description of an encounter that took place between Jesus and his disciples after his resurrection as he interacted with a small band of men who were so disoriented, trying to recover from his death, and he said to them, I will be with you always. It's a promise of enduring friendship. And in that great hymn to love, 1 Corinthians 13 that we included as part of our service, so often read at weddings. The author affirms, love believes all things, bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Martin Luther King Jr. used to say that when we're facing a great challenge, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase, he said, just take the first step. And I agree that faith helps us to take that first step, but I wanna say that it's endurance that helps us to take the 11th step and the 100th step and the 10,000th step on our journey towards greater peace, well-being, and justice for the world. We need that endurance when we pray. Every time these days that I pray for the land and people of Ukraine, there's a little voice inside of me that says, oh, will this make any difference? And it's the spirit of endurance that helps me to push through that and keep my prayers going. 
I feel the call of endurance when I think about what we need to do at Round Hill Community Church, not just to see ourselves through this year and the next few years, making plans for ourselves as we continue to move through the pandemic, but what about 100 years from now? What seeds do we need to sow now so that the life of this congregation will be vibrant then and beyond? Steadfast commitment to a cause that's good for the common good can make our muscles burn and our heads hurt and our hearts ache. But love endures because it is the strength of spirit to see things through until we've given everything we can possibly give to the cause that matters most to us. Love endures because we want the best for all people and that we're willing to stretch ourselves to make possible for other people what we would also like to make possible for ourselves. Living in a democracy requires not only an informed and engaged people, but a lot of grit as we try to make our way through the necessary messiness that accompanies life in a democratic country. Any worthwhile endeavor is gonna tap and stretch and challenge our spirit of stamina. And that can happen in little ways and in large ways. Anne Lamont, who's a very funny writer and a wonderful writer on faith, describes a moment in her family's life when her brother finally had to come face to face with the fact that he had ignored writing a book report for a long time and then it couldn't be avoided any further. It was a paper to be written about birds and he didn't want to do it, but he just finally had to do it. And she says he was at the kitchen table close to tears, surrounded by binder paper and pencils and unopened books about birds, immobilized by the hugeness of the task ahead. Then my father sat down beside him, she said, put his arm around my brother's shoulder and said, bird by bird, buddy, just take it bird by bird. That's how we strengthen the power of endurance, just one tiny step at a time. And what works for school projects like that can also work for larger issues. George McLeod, for example, was a remarkable man. He had been a chaplain in the First World War. That experience had made him decide that he wanted to be a pacifist for life. He became one of the leading voices in the United Kingdom for the campaign against nuclear disarmament. All the way into his 90s, he was still active in that campaign, still challenging the governing body of the Church of Scotland to make statements uh, indicating that they would be fully supportive of the campaign for nuclear disarmament. In fact, in his 90th year, he wrote an addendum to a report that he addressed to the General Assembly in which he said, as of now, this General Assembly declares that no church concede to the use of nuclear weapons to defend any cause whatsoever. And they call on Her Majesty's government to desist from their use and stop their further development. And when he would become discouraged in his work because others were not joining uh, onto his cause and it took the church decades to finally agree with him, he would use this little poem for inspiration, a poem written by his grandfather. Let the road be rough and dreary and its end far out of sight. Foot it bravely, strong or weary, trust in God and do the right. This strength to endure tapped by people like George McLeod or even Anne Lamont's little brother, 
can come from many places. It can rise up within us, a gift we do not need to manufacture but only receive. I believe we're born with this capacity to challenge every new level of stamina, every new threshold so as to move beyond it into something greater and more possible, to find those, those places and then surpass them. Babies are constantly doing this from birth, always looking to move beyond the next threshold. So every prayer we pray, every conversation we have in our community that builds love amongst ourselves, every act of care, every outreach into the community that shows, uh, demonstrates our compassion for the world around us. These are the things that build that spirit of endurance and call us to tap more and more of it. So endurance comes from within and it can also come from outside us. We get it from the inspiration of our ancestors and from the strength of being part of a community. This is where congregational culture comes in. Are we always nurturing an environment that helps us to develop the stamina required to change the things that contradict God's love? Tanisha Barner, that same woman interviewed by Evan Osnos in his book, eventually tested positive for COVID-19. And this was a devastating moment in her life because she had varied health concerns. But she said, Although this was a very challenging period in her life, she said, I have people backing me, praying for me, calling me, texting me, seeing how I'm doing. And that helps you push because you say, hey, I don't want to disappoint them. I've got to get through this. I have people watching me. I have a testimony to tell. That's pretty much how my whole life is. That supportive community gave her the strength to endure. So when you're watching the Olympics, when you're thinking about the power of the human life for greater stamina, perseverance, think of that kind of endurance that we can cultivate with one another and for one another. The strength to endure for the good of the world until as it is in heaven, so may it be on earth. Amen.